in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match here. But at night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on and dance all night. Despite the heat, it'll be alright. Coming at you pre-recorded from Cold Brew Studios. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man? I'm oh, doing well. Surviving. Hot, hot up here. We're melting. Yeah. What, what? What's? Uh, what's the weather like out there in California right now? Where you? Where you're at? Uh, it was triple digits in some areas. Oof, uh, I think it got up to like on Wednesday. It got to like 100 in San Jose. Yeah, that that don't happen so, this it, early in the year. Yeah, it, it um, it's not record highs, but it, it's pretty high. Um, yeah. But next week it's gonna go back to the 80s. So. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, just a just a uh, uh, unexpected heat wave, and yeah. then of course started a series of some wildfires. Nothing crazy like uh, in the years past. Right. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad it's gonna. Um subside a little bit for you guys yeah we're, we're we got our first uh, storm of the year this week um which is good you know if, if we start early then that's great because you know it's been a drought down here in the southwest so we do need the rain so it was kind of nice to have the rain and the thunder in fact today i saw a, a rainbow in the sky it's beautiful um but yeah it's uh it, it's a little earlier than usual but i like i said i'd rather have it earlier than not at all like last couple years um, but yeah, I'm not going to complain about triple digits. That's that's the that's that's where I live. And but I understand. Yeah, in in the Bay Area, triple digits in the South Bay. It usually only happens a few times a year, and but it's usually like later, like in July and August. So hopefully, you guys just uh, it, it's not an early trend. That's what that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, got it. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's get to the beer, shall we? Sure. All right, so today I have from our good friends in Decorah, Iowa, from Topoline Goliath Brewing. And this one is in collaboration with other half brewing company. I have their 18 Hours from Brooklyn. No sleep till! Double IPA. And it has Idaho 7, Citra, Saz, Simcoe, Nelson, Salvin, and Mosaic Cops. You have to fight for your right to double IPAs or DIPAs. The Toppling Goliath Brewing Company and other half brewing company have bridged the gap from rural Iowa to Brooklyn, New York, all in the name of great beer, featuring the dynamic combinations of combination of, like I said, Idaho 7, Citra, Saz, Simcoe, Nelson, and Mosaic. 18 hours to Brooklyn is well worth the wait. So what I'm guessing is if you were to drive from Decorah, Iowa to Brooklyn, New York, uh, it takes 18 hours. Well, there you go. Yeah. So anyway, I, I love the name of this. Um, anyway, without further ado, pop off. Oh, uh, I didn't get the ABV for it. It is, hold on, let me look it up. Open my phone back up. It is 7.8% ABV. And it says zero IBU. I'm just going to take that as an uh, NA because there's no way it's a zero I- IBU being even a 
New uh, Northeast or New England or whatever you want to call it. IPA, hazy IPA, it's still not going to be a zero. So without further ado, Papa, what do you got? Well, I have a beer that just reminds everyone when you hear the glass, it means you're ass. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. No, I have uh, El Segundo's Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. Oh, no shit, you got one? Yeah. I have not yeah, tried yeah, it actually, yet. I've, I've had it for a while. Mm. I've had it for a while. It's uh, part of my uh, summer search lineup series. <laughs> and, right. uh, yeah, and actually, I've been, I've been, uh, Holding off on this one because I wanted to, to feature it for the very first, or I wanted to feature it on the show, obviously, and have it be my first experience here as well. Oh, so nice! Yeah, yeah. So uh, this one's been uh, been getting cold in, in my fridge for a while now, but uh, it, it, it's time. So uh, again, for the refresh, you guys, uh, the the first offering was the Broken School IPA. Now they have right. a lager to go along with it. And I do believe because I, uh, you know, I, I didn't watch uh, WrestleMania this year, but I saw clips of it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, uh, you know, Austin, when he came out, he, he had he had the broken skull with him. And I thought, well, you know, the way he drinks beers, I mean, yeah, I guess you could do that with IPA because you're not going to get smashed. However, a point for the review, it, it was the lager smoothie. Right. Yeah. I, I, I did watch WrestleMania this year and I would. That's when I, he, I think they launched, El Segundo launched it like a week before. It was all coordinated, the whole thing. And then I saw that he was uh, double slamming or shotgun. I don't even know what you call it. Like pouring it all over the face. <laughs> not not all yeah. over the place, but all over the face. So I did say right. that they were the loggers and I we do not get those out here. So I've, I've been interested to, to see what your take is on them. Okay. Um. Damn, I would have brought some to, to Paso had I known. Oh, okay. Well, you know, ne- next yeah. year. Next year. <laughs> All right. So for the description, it's uh, this beer is our take on the classic American lager made for the working man and mm-hmm. woman. This beer is brewed with the finest American-grown barley and hops and is the ultimate reward for a hard day's work. Coming in at 4.8% ABV, this beer goes Ooh, nice. down easier than a three-day weekend. Cheers. So, it's, yeah, style American Lager ABV is 4.8 when then just the packaging in. So, without any further ado, here we go. And, that, you know, this is more in line with the, the Steve Austin style because, you know, he used, to, he used to use what? Bud Light or Budweiser? I, I thought it was Bush. It could have been Bush. Bush I, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it but probably, then he, yeah. He would use uh, his little slang moniker of Stevie Weiser too. So. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's, that's why I thought that's they were Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, you know that's the thing too because uh, they, they were silverish cans. Yeah, and uh, sometimes it looked like Coors Light, and sometimes I'm pretty sure it was Bush or Bush Light. I I, I don't even think we get Bush Light out here, so or I don't I don't see it either. Yeah, the first, the first time I had it was last week or a couple weeks ago when I went to back to when I went to the my trip to Harrison, Arkansas. That's the first time I ever had Bush Light, and 
Yeah, you're not missing much, man. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll, I'll tell you that you're not missing anything. <laughs> but anyway, this uh, Steve Austin uh, Broken Skull uh, Logger, it it makes it's more in line with his uh, his character from WWE. Right. I was very surprised actually. Their first his first collab with El, El Segundo was an IPA. I was pleasantly surprised. It's actually a good IPA, but. I thought they would go logger right away just because of his uh his his character. Yeah, exactly. In fact too, I, I would figure to either A uh be more uh with a with a big brand and just have like a Steve Austin edition can. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, with the skull. That'd oh. be that'd be cool with the skull with the smoking eyes on the can. That'd have been awesome. Right. And then um our two is uh a, a Texas craft brewery too. I, I'm still kind of oh, scratching yeah. my head at El Segundo. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with El Segundo. Just kind of like, you know, how, how did they get the plug or the the inside track for, uh, for Steve Austin? Yeah, because he's a Texas boy, right? Right. Yeah. So. Or at least that's where he lives now. I don't know. I mean, I, I remember he was a Hollywood blonde for a while. <laughs> wow, you're going way back. <laughs> Uh, you know, but then again, maybe he maybe he has connections with the uh, the owners of El Segundo somehow. Possibly, and then too, if you look at it too, uh, the whole Broken Skull moniker that's that's his independent name versus the uh, the Rattlesnake and and the the Smoking Skull from uh, the WWE stuff. So that's true. Had they done, had he done like a Stone Cold beer, um, mm. you know, Vince yeah. is gonna want his his taste in that, you know. So. Yep, yeah, yeah. So it, it's smart. It's smarter that he went that way. And even on Twitter, isn't his handle like BSR Steve Austin? I believe so. Yeah. Or something that effect. Isn't the real name Steve Williams, though? Right. <laughs> Austin's better. It, it's a better. It, the Steve Austin is a better brand than Steve Williams. Because uh, Steve Williams just sounds like anybody that was in your middle school class. It sounds like uh, if you got caught, you're giving a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> What's you your know, name? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say the joke. <laughs> you know, you have, uh, our CEO of our company, his name was uh, John Smith. I'm not talking about the CEO of, of FedEx as a whole, but like uh, the, the freight side. Our CEO, his name was John Smith. And... Uh, the the managing managing director, our dad's friend, uh, Rob. That yeah, was his, <laughs> when he first met him. He's like, "Oh, that was my fake ID name." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting fucking sidetracked here. <laughs> Let's get back to the beer. You think? <laughs> my beer though, this eighteen hours from Brooklyn. Um, you know, you dra- you're traveling eighteen hours to Brooklyn. Like you, you need to get some sleep in between there, right? Or is this it just sleep. like the no sleep so broken? <laughs> is this the quintessential Beastie Boys beer, right? Right. Um, it's really good, man. It's really smooth, very uh, um, very flavorful. There, there's a lot of flavors in this. I I get some floral flavors. I get uh, the stone fruit flavors. I get the citrus flavors. There's there's so many hops in this. It's it's really well done. It, it, there's no green at all. There's no uh, acridity in, in the finish. It's very smooth, very pleasant. 
That being said, because it's not very uh, distinct, um, it, it's it's not that memorable. Like you drink this, oh, this is great, this is good, but it's like you're like, eh. So I give us like a initial rating, three seven five four. Uh, we will get to our untapped. And by the way, we're gonna—I uh, don't know if you remember last week's beers. We're we're, <laughs> we're gonna untap those two as well. Oh, uh, yeah, because we did, we did not do it last week. <laughs> so so try to remember that Dove's beer you had. But uh, this week, uh, how's your beer? Like uh, initial tastes. Uh, dude, this is super smooth, super light. Okay. I mean, very very crisp. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not not trying to use this as a negative term, but yeah. I'm not sure if this is marketed as a light beer, but it's. It's really light. It, 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 I'm, I'm 4.8 is like really close to like, it's in between like a Bud and a Bud Light because I think Bud's 5 and Bud Light's like 4.2. So you're like, you're going okay. in between the two. Right. But uh, now that it's freezing cold, you know, I, I think mine could open up a little bit and have a little bit more maltiness to it. But yeah, I mean, the maltin is there. It's not bitter at all. You know, they're very clean. All right, cool, man. So we will rate with this this week, especially we will rate these beers on our untapped segment of the show. Uh, follow us on untapped search cold brew podcast. Um, so now it's time for the beer news. All right. There's a couple of beer news stories. That I do want to get to. I'm vamping while I get to the... Here we go. First one. The big news. The one that everyone is talking about. In the beer industry. I mean, there's, there's some bigger news, you know, nationwide. I mean, don't don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, in fact, uh, real quick, we always say our, our shows in escape and whatnot. Um, however, mm-hmm. we're conscious of, uh, of a huge political... Not political, legal decision uh, made this week. And... Uh, you know, we just, you, <laughs> what, do, what do I want to say to even do that? We, we, you know, we acknowledge how important it is and how life changing it is. And, uh, you know, feel for, uh, for for people that, that may be affected by this now the, or potentially in the future. And, uh, it's just an interesting time. It is. Not it, over, but and, it's and, not over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think yeah. this thing is going to, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing goes back and forth. A few mm-hmm. times before, uh, but, <laughs> but I would say before my days are through. Yeah, hashtag it's not over. Uh, oh yeah, it ain't over, motherfuckers. Let's, let's put it that way. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm I don't know about you, man, but I was I was very upset about this. Um, I don't know what I could do as far as like um, I know I know I could donate. I know I could protest. Um. But having this platform and our Instagram, we have more Instagram followers than we do um, listeners of the of the podcast, which is fine. I mean, it, it's easier to just look at a picture than, you know, commit like an hour of your time to, to listen to our show. Because, you know, our show averages about an hour. So I get it. Um, so I'm I'm a little bit more active and and I've been conversing with uh, um, some people online through DMs or or whatnot and 
um yeah the, the, I, I think the best thing we do is just stay active and stay vocal and just not let 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 it just pass because I think being a silent supporter is not being as you might as well just be on the other side if you're going to be silent so um, I'm going to do what I can um, as far as voting and um, spending money and I hope our listeners do as well um, even if you just buy a t-shirt from from one of the supporting causes I, I think I put it out on our Instagram stories and uh, you know don't be uh, don't be don't be a silent supporter. That's all I can say. All right. Well, let's get to the beer, though. Let's get to the beer. Because otherwise, I'm going to be emotional and just be a fucking wreck if, if we really go into deep about this. Because I'm, I'm trying to fucking hold them back right now, man. All right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Japanese beer brand Sapporo acquires Stone Brewing for $165 million. That's the Thank headline. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I thought they were in the billions. Didn't didn't fucking uh who is it? Uh uh Constellation brand by uh God, why can't I think of that brewery down down they they, they made sculpin. <laughs> what the fuck? Why can't Ballast I think of yeah. Ballast Ballast Point was a, a one billion dollar buyout and stone? I would say stone is bigger than fucking Ballast Point and it's only one sixty five. You're you're right. That's it. That's a steal. <laughs> Elon Musk has that in the shoebox in his closet. Shit, Elon Musk. Don't get me started with that fucking puto. Fuck that puto. <laughs> All right. Let, <laughs> let, me, let me read from this uh, article that I found. And there, there, there's a bunch of articles. So the one that I found may not be the one you read, but it's the one I have. Um, written by the great Nicolette Baker. Japanese beer powerhouse Sapporo recently reached an agreement to acquire craft beer brand Stone Brewing. The acquisition is set to be complete by August 2022, according to a press release from the company. Excuse me. The news marks the completion of a multi-year initiative by Stone Brewing to locate a buyer despite some companies' executives' personal stances on big brand acquisitions the deal is anticipated to merge the fan favorite craft beer brand stone brewing with sapporo's expanding profile of beverage options sapporo usa is a top selling asian beer brand in the u.s and the company launched oh excuse me the company launched in 1876 and has a decades-long production history in the united states under the agreement, Stone will continue to circulate its existing products and retain its current employee base. In a press release, Sapporo states it intends to double Stone's Brewing's current production to 360,000 barrels by the end of 2024. Consumers can still expect the same craft beers to be available under Stone, brand, Stone Brewing's branding as the press release states that the company will continue to use the same recipes as it did prior to the acquisition. The seven tap room and world bistro and gardens locations under the stone brewing name will also continue to operate as before. 
Now I've seen some tweets and IG uh, posts and a bunch of other stuff on Stone. And there was one from 2013 saying that Stone will never sell out. And here it is, you know, just a little under nine years later. And Stone is selling out. Are they buying in? How do you, how do you feel about this uh, acquisition by Sapporo? Um, well. <laughs> I think you would be a little bit more affected if it was like, you know, one of your favorite go-to, like you've been there from day one. Right. I mean, well, you know, the, <laughs> like, like all buyouts, the, uh, the, the, the brewery acquired <laughs> makes better beer products than the buyer. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So definitely. So yes, you want to, you want to compare Stone's catalog to, uh, Sapporo to, uh, Sapporo. Yeah. There's, there's no contest there. Um, you know, I'm going to just say it too, and uh, I'll bring it up uh, a little bit later. Everyone will see, but just you know, the the hypocrisy is real, you know I mean? <laughs> right? As far as uh, not selling out, and then uh, another uh, <clears throat> another example of die the hero or live long enough to be the villain. There you go. Uh, but just one other thing is uh, I'm going to add, just with kind of like I mean. You know, Stone's still going to be Stone. It's still going to be packaged in the same spot it was uh, at the store as it was, you know, last week. You know, it's still going to be, it's not going away. However, yeah. like, going forward, whenever I see anything new by Stone, I'm just going to question that innovation, you know, because it's not the, in, in my eyes, it won't be the Stone way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and let me read uh, Stone's Instagram post about this. Uh, today we're excited to announce Stone is joining forces with Sapporo, Japan's oldest brewery. With Sapporo's acquisition of Stone, we'll be increasing production at both our Escondido and Richmond facilities, effectively doubling our output as we begin brewing Sapporo's beers alongside Stone beers at both locations. Our co-founder Stephen Gregg will be stepping away, but rest assured... Uh <laughs> hey, settle down. But rest assured, they will be cheering on the team from the bleachers. What the? F- what the? F- yeah, it, it like you said, lad. It they're the innovation is gone now. Stephen Gregg were right. the innovators, and now it now it's gone. Yeah, the name was still. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I'll continue with their IG post. Uh, Stone beers will continue to be brewed by the same passionate people in the same places with the same recipes. In fact, we'll be adding quite a few tanks and team members as we expand. <laughs> I don't want to. You remember the? You remember the movie Gung Ho with Michael Keaton? I love that movie. <laughs> it's That's such a great. Girl, I could see this. <laughs> I see like a new gung ho, you know. With uh, the <laughs> who would be uh, the uh, Michael Keaton of today? Uh, actor. Yeah, like funny, like maybe a Chris Pratt. I know he's taking a lot of heat recently, but um, oh. you know, oh, well, then, uh, yeah. I I would say uh, Ryan Reynolds. Mm. perfect. Yeah, a new gung ho. 
starring uh, Ryan Reynolds, but instead of a car manufacturer, it's a beer producer. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. And they try to come in with their their Japanese work ethic, and then the brewers there are like anti. But by the end, they all become friends, and they all produce great beer. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it, man. <laughs> uh, let me see. Let me keep going. In fact, we'll be adding quite a few. Oh, yeah, I said that already. Um, of course, the gargoyle yeah. will continue. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm getting sidetracked. Like, yeah. that, that's a good, uh, like, well, because, like, we both like uh, that show, re- that podcast rewatchables. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on The Ringer, yeah. Like, yeah, so if if you were to recast, like, Michael Keaton roles, who would you do today? Yeah. Like, Mr. Dude. Mom. Who could pull up Mr. Mom? I think you're right. I think I think I think the, the today's Michael Keaton is Ryan Reynolds. He could do comedy. Yeah. He can act uh, drama if he wanted to. He doesn't want to because he's yeah. so fucking great at comedy. Yeah. He could do that satirical deadpan too. Like just that deadpan delivery. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is a good. Uh, uh, I wonder who. Um, Tom. Uh, uh, who Tom Hanks? Is that what you're saying? No, I said comp. That's a good comp. Oh, comp, yeah. Very good comp. Who would be who would be today's Tom Hanks, though? Because Tom Hanks, him, Michael Keaton and Tom Hanks uh, probably auditioned for the same roles back when they were, like, relative unknowns, right? Because they are very similar. Right. Who would today's I, I uh, Tom Hanks, who, in your estimation, who, who would today's Tom Hanks be? If if Ryan Reynolds were Michael Keaton, who would be Tom Hanks? Um, it's tough, um, right? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 there's not a lot of uh, stars as there used to be. Everyone's uh, kind of like leveled out. I don't know. I, I, I still say Chris Pratt should be in there somewhere. Oh, well, like, because uh, you know, like Keaton, how <laughs> they both like came from comedy and got into some serious roles yeah and then kind of go back if you will or dabble mm-hmm. or uh you know give a wink to their their comical roots right so have fun with it but uh, i think overall though uh tom hanks showed more versatility or it has more versatility yeah oh yeah no yeah he did yeah he yeah. does still yeah so they going with that just uh, and See, I don't think he could do the same roles, but he's just a guy who does a lot of versatility when he does. Uh, uh, McConaughey. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's getting a little up. He's still, I don't know. He's more long in the tooth, though. But. I you, let's let's get back to the, uh, the beer in the IG post. Um, of course, the gargoyle. We'll still continue keeping a watchful eye over everything Stone. For the full press release, click the link in our bio. And a word from Greg, read his blog post at stonebrewing.com slash blog. So, there you go. It is what it is, man. The new owners had to edit his uh, blog. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. I mean... It, it's, it's nothing new. I mean, we. I mean, I, I balked at the whole New Belgium buyout. Um, Firestone Walker was a, an eye opener, even though by uh, the Brewers Society, a Brewers Association, 
uh, Firestone Walker is still technically a uh, a craft beer because just, just by de- definition, their, their definition, the Brewers Association definition of craft beer, and but I think Sapporo is too big. I, I don't I don't think Stone is considered craft beer anymore. Just like Goose Island, um, Four Peaks, Devil's Backbone. Um, whoever else you want to name from the InBev portfolio. Right. So the, the same people might still be, but but just like, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. The innovation is not there anymore. It's done. It's gone. All right, so we're going to move on to one more story before we get to, um, before we move to the next segment. And that comes to us from Miller Coors. So I don't know if you have been following, but uh, Miller Lite, we've talked about Miller Lite, you know, and I've uh, I've been a, a fan of their marketing schemes, <laughs> like a bunch of some, remember the, the, what do you call it? The, uh, the, the controller, the game controller, the. What else have they done? Like the oh, shit. like uh, yeah, the the ornament, the Christmas oh yeah, ornament. The, the Christmas ornament, the koozies, all that stuff. You, I've uh, and our listeners know I've extolled the virtues of the Miller Lite uh, marketing department. Um, this was uh, brought to my attention first, and then I saw the stories afterwards about the uh, the new initiative by Miller Lite. They are honoring uh, limited di- edition uh, cans for their Miller uh, for their Miller Lite beer um, to honor the female brewers uh, for this Fourth of July. Um, oh, hey. The beer brand is pledging a donation of up to two hundred fifty thousand to the Pink Boot Society, and we've talked about Pink Boots. In fact, we've had some Pink Boot Boot members on the show before. And uh, they are donating the money and committing a, to a long-term development and cr- increased representations, representation of women in the beer industry. The 4th of July is beer's biggest weekend, and for good reason. Nothing feels more American than the, enjoying, than the enjoyment of a cold beer on America's birthday. But this year, Miller Lite is unveiling the truth. There's no beer without women. What? <laughs> Dude, can that be any more fucking coincidental with uh, t- uh, this week's Supreme Court ruling? Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Uh, let me see here. A group of women called Alewives were the unsung heroes who brought beer to America in the first place. Yet according to a recent poll, only 3% of Americans know that fact. And I know for a fact that our listeners know that because uh, Rachel Bierkowski talked about that on one of her beer history. And I've been away um, for the last couple weeks or last couple months of, you know, going on my trips, you know, for for work. Um, She and I have not been able to like uh, synchronize our schedules. So it'll happen again soon. She is not. She has not abandoned us. It's the fact that I just not have haven't been available uh, when she's been available. So, 
she will come back with her beer history lessons uh, pretty soon. Pretty soon. Anyway, back to this uh, post. So this 4th of July, Miller Lite is reimagining its iconic design to celebrate the trailblazing impact women have made in beer with the limited edition Mary... I, I hope I don't fuck this name up. Mary Lysel. Maybe it's just Lyle. It's L-I-S-L-E. A can inspired by the country's first recorded female brewer and her revolutionary contributions to the American brewing industry. So they're not saying this is the first um, uh, woman brewer. They're just saying it's the first recorded American brewer. So there might have been others that just don't get the 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 honorarium because maybe they were uh, they treated less than an equal to a man and were not written down uh, in 1734 even before the country became a country 1734 Mary successfully ran a Philadelphia brewery becoming the first American woman to own and operate one but through time Women were excluded from the industry as others saw an opportunity to cash in on the nation's love of beer, forcing out most women out of the industry altogether. When people think of beer, they think of men. There are very few people who realize that we actually have women to thank for beer in America, said Elizabeth Hitch, Senior Director of Marketing for Miller Lite. There's no better time to celebrate and put women back into history books of beer than on the single largest beer selling weekend in America. So there you go. Go out and get your uh, Miller Light cans that have Mary Lyle. Lysel or Lysel? How would you pronounce it? <laughs> L-I-S-L-E. I think that is Lyle. Yeah, Lyle, right? Because it's like aisle. Like if you if you got rid of the L, it'd be aisle, right? I S L, like a like an island, like a small yeah. island. Yeah. Or isn't that like the the second half of Carlisle? Isn't it like that? Oh yeah, it depends on the spelling of Carlisle. All right, so. Right. Yeah. So Mary Lyle. Would... Yeah, she uh. The, the picture, I, I don't know. She's got like a Mona Lisa smile on her. <laughs> I can't tell if she's upset or if she's happy with, <laughs> with the portrait, with the the picture they have on the Miller Lite cans. I'm going to look for one. I'm going to look for them. See if I can get a six pack of Mary Lyle. So, so you know what time it is? It's time for everyone's favorite segment on the show because it's my favorite segment. It's time the cold brew list as we proceed let me ask you this what do i say about uh the, the craft breweries that get acquired by a uh, bigger brewery oh fuck them oh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what do you say about the small breweries that get acquired by big breweries well uh <laughs> What you let off with is one of the things. And, uh, you know, I said some things, but, well, particularly with Stone, uh, the hypocrisy is real. Yeah. So I have a list of the 10 best quotes about hypocrisy. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, you what? know, I am the official 
hypocrite of the Arizona crap brewery scene. So uh, they, it, if I'm not number one, I'm going to be pissed off. No, well, these are quotes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, oh, uh, oh, 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 we're, we're, for fun. Yeah. <laughs> when we're done with the list, let's pick, a, let's pick the quote that best defines you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and when we're done, I also have one more thing to ask you about me being hypocrite. Go ahead. But but go ahead with your list. Go ahead. All right, number 10. Mm -hmm. Often a noble face hides filthy ways. Wow. Okay, that's really good. That's good. Yeah, that's that's by Euripides. Oh, yeah. Euripides says, dude, he's like a quote machine. I don't know. He had like somebody following him when, when he was in power. But yeah. He always got time to save ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Euripides uh, reminds me of uh, CB4. Oh, uh, yeah. Euripides yeah. small. Because <laughs> I'm black, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Number nine, with people of limited ability, modesty is merely honesty. But with, but with those who possess great talent, it is hypocrisy. Oh, all right. Who said that? That's good. Uh, Arthur, I think it's Schopenhauer. Okay. Schopenhauer. Right. Yeah, I've never heard of that guy. I thought when he said Arthur, I was thinking of Conan Doyle. For a second, oh. the author. Yeah. Next. Number eight. Hypocrisy is the homage that vice pays to virtue. Oh, okay. All right. I get that. Who said that? Francois de la Rochefoucauld. Okay. <laughs> you said it better than I could. <laughs> Here we go, number seven. Yeah. Clean your finger before you point at my spot. Oh, okay. Hey, you know, that reminds me of the, uh, when you point at someone, you have four fingers pointing back at you or three fingers pointing back at you. All right. So that's Benjamin Franklin. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's being a hypocrite. All right. Keep going. At the entrance of a second person, hypocrisy begins. Huh. I wonder what that means. Who, who said that? Ralph Waldo Emerson. Oh, okay, yeah. He's a smart guy. Very, very quotable. Huh. Right. Number five. The only thing worse than a liar is a liar that's also a hypocrite. Oh, see, that day, I, I gotta say that might be me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found one. Who said that? Tennessee Williams. Oh, shit, man. Stella! All right, keep going. <laughs> I wonder if he's related to this team, Williams. <laughs> 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 Bringing it right or back around, right? Is that what you're doing? Yes. yes. <laughs> Coming first, full circle. Right. All right. This one's a long one. Mm, okay. 
Hypocrisy is the most difficult and nerve-wracking vice that any man can pursue. It needs an unceasing vigilance and rare detachment of spirit. It cannot, like adultery or gluttony, be practiced at spare moments. It is a whole time. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, because uh, like adultery is like it might be a, a fancy fancy. Right. But when you like when you're a hypocrite, you, yeah, you, you have to you have to stand your ground sometimes. The way life. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. It, that's why it's hard. It's hard for me. That was uh, W Somerset Mogham. Mog- I'm. I have no idea. I never heard of that dude. Or woman. Okay. Next. Number three. Yeah. Better to be known as a sinner than a hypocrite. Ooh. Ooh, short. I like that. Yeah, short. <laughs> wow. I am a sinner. Everyone's a sinner, right? Right. Anyone who... Uh, there's like, what? Like, maybe 8, 10 billion people in the world... I think maybe one or two or three of us have never been sinners. So if you claim you're a sinner, right. you're already a liar. So you sinned. Right. Who said that? Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Are you serious? No. Oh, no. Oh, that quote. Oh, I thought you meant I thought you meant what you just said. <laughs> no. Who said, who said the quote? <laughs> uh, so that was better to be known as a sinner than a hypocrite. Uh, that's actually enough. Oh, oh, okay. All right, all right. Maybe it was Jesus then. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here's another long one. Okay. All right. And then number two, right? What? Ma- yes, yeah, number two. What makes it so plausible to assume that hypocrisy is the vice of vices is that integrity can't exceed, exist under the cover of all other vices except this one. Only crime and the criminal, it is true, confront us with the perplexity of radical evil, but only the hypocrite is really rotten to the core. Hmm. That's a that's a, that's huge. That's deep though. But who said that? Hannah Arendt. Hmm. There's a lot, there, there's a lot of unwrap in that one though. It, it's very hard yeah. it, as far as a quote goes. And so what's number one now? Number one is. And why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Wow, that's good. I think that that might be the one that describes me very closely. Well, that's from the Bible, Matthew seven three. Oh wow! All right, from the book, from the book. So even God says, "Don't be a hypocrite." Shit, God. <laughs> God said, "Didn't say that." A man wrote that. Right. So, um, 
what I was going to ask you is, have you ever like hate watched anything or hate listened to anything? Like you just listen to it because you know you're not going to like it just so you have more intel of about what it says or, or what it means? Um, I don't have a, a I, I get what you're saying, but no, yeah. I, I kind of, I don't want to say, I say ignorant in, in cases, but I don't really have a, <laughs> well, right now time to do stuff like that, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> you, you, that That's a good point. Cause there's a lot of stuff out there that like, when I see the headline or the, 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 the clickbait on it, it's like, I, I don't want to see it because I know I'm not going to like it and it's going to be upsetting to me. Like, uh, it's more of a, a self care thing where I, I won't click or listen or watch something because I don't want to get in a headspace where it's going to take me a while to get out of. Does that make sense? And so, but I got to say, we have a, a hate listener. Oh, that's cool. Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah, and and I was thinking about it. I'm like, it, it kind of hurt my feelings at first, but at the, in the end, you and I do this show just for fun. It's a hobby. It's, it's not our way of life. Is we we don't make money off this whatsoever. Every once in a while, we get like a free beer, or you know, like I get like free tickets to a beer fest. But if I didn't get free tickets or free beer, I'd still buy them. Um, right. But we do have a hate listener that if I make a mistake, especially me, I don't, I don't think he or she really cares about if you make a mistake. It's, it's more about ah. me, <laughs> right? I think it's right. great, and my reaction to it is, hey, thanks for listening, thanks for giving us a download. You know, you're all you're doing is helping us promote the show. So appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for the listening, asshole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stop doing it. I've uh, I've stopped listening to, the, to to podcasts because I'm like, you know what? Why why the fuck am I listening to this? I, I'm done. I'm done with it. And I'm not gonna say anything. But for for you out there who listen to this, yeah, thank you, thank you for listening. I don't hate you. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> here's the thing: like, people can listen to the show and kind of. Just enjoy it for what it is. Uh-huh. I mean, we're two guys, we're two brothers talking about beer, and 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 you know, for whatever reason, if you know if you're a West Coast beer drinker, cool. I mean, you probably um, vibe with a lot of stuff we uh, we we experience and what we know beer wise, right? Or if you're you know if you're not in our region, maybe you're you're learning about stuff. So when you come out here, uh, you you have an idea of what you might want to try, right? But yeah, to to hate listen a uh, a podcast, a, a teaser show, <laughs> right? Yeah, makes no sense, man. Makes no <laughs> fucking sense whatsoever. That that's free. I mean, if you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, at least they're not paying for it. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I mean, at least if we were talking about bad movies, you you might get a heads up and save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Thanks for the support, asshole. Oh man! Hey, but so we're gonna untap our beers right now. We're gonna untap at least these two beers, and maybe if you can remember last week's beers, I'll 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 tell you the name. And I know you know it's by, by Magnolia, and of course you're doing your summer lager fest or whatever you call it. 
So we're gonna untap our beers right now, right? How's your beer treating you, man? Oh, good. In fact, I don't know if you heard it, but uh, I had to crack again, man. No, I, I did not hear it. Okay, all right. So you 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 finish your which? Uh, what did you have again? I forgot. The El Segundo Steve Austin Bro American Lager. Here we go. I'm gonna go on untapped right now. Oh, there it is. I put El Segundo Lager. It is the top <coughs> uh, hit on it. Is Broken Skull American Lager. El Segundo. I, you know, <laughs> I'm sure I made this joke before, but I left my wallet there once. Oh, yeah. All right. And uh, hey, uh, another El Segundo uh, tidbit. Sanford and Son. El Segundo. Oh, yeah. El Segundo Savage. There you go. So there it is. 4.8% alcohol by volume. El Segundo. Broken Skull. American Lager. One of our friends have already rated it. Um, oh. Yeah. Wait, what if they're you? having this beer without us, are they really a friend? Uh, <laughs> what would you like to rate this beer at? Um, you know, I figured I gotta give it a four. I mean, uh, oh, okay. not just because I'm a whole rest of the mark, but uh, the whole uh, <laughs> for 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 a, a, a summer lager, yeah. it's very questionable. The fact that, I, like I said, I get to a second. You now, a lot of these other beers, granted, I didn't have a second beer to get to, but you know, so uh, but m- most of them I did. And uh, this one too, I was able to crush through it and not really be, uh, you know, have to take my time with it. And just, it did open up, got a little maltier, a little yeah. crisper, a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was really, really nice beer. Well done. Good show. On untap, the first sentence in the details portion of the uh, of the beer says. This beer is the ultimate reward for a hard day's work. Would you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, ultimate. I can see home. I can see getting home. Uh, yeah, more than one. Pack one of these. Maybe more than one. I don't so know if you... I would double fist and just pour it in my mouth, but <laughs> let it like half, half of it spill all over the place. Well, like what what can a mouth hold? Maybe like two or three ounces, and you got, you got a sixteen ounce can. Um, according to the untaps, everyone rated it so far at 3.8. We have one friend who rated it at 3.40. Uh, and again, again, I don't know how people rate, uh, not in the quarter system because 3.4 is just, it, it's weird to me. Um, and no one's explained it. Like DM us. How do people rate it? Like, uh, by a deci- uh, a tenth instead of a quarter. Um, John WC gave it a 3.4. He said, super corny, grainy, a little crisp, and pretty light. So we are going to give it a four. Uh, it's a little bit of a bump. They get a cold brew bump. And what are the notes you would like to leave on this one? I would put sweet, crisp, and crushable. Sweet, crisp. It wants to say crispy because I misspelled it crisp and crush a bowl. There you go. And save. Check in. So I had 
18 hours to from Brooklyn, not to Brooklyn, but from Brooklyn. Wow, I, I just realized right now what just the the using from and to instead of to it means more like Brooklyn's coming to Decorah, Iowa, rather than Decorah, Iowa is going to Brooklyn, New York. That's kind of cool. It's kind of like a uh, boss status. Uh, so here, let me see. 18 hours. There it is. It has an overall rating of 4.12. I'm going to give it a 4.25. None of our friends have rated it. 4.25. And I'm going to say it is um, smooth. Soft and I'm gonna say crushable because it really was. I like I finished it super easy and quickly. So, uh, um, trying to go back and listen to or, or when I edited the show, I realized we did not rate the beers that we had last week, but we just went on from I started talking about my first class, um episode and then i went into my whole trip to arkansas then we went back to kenobi or we went to into kenobi but we never rated the beers on last week's show um what would you like to rate to, uh, your i don't know if you remember but your dubs golden lager by magnolia um we won't do, we won't do any like uh uh check-ins but like or or notes but what would you like do you remember the beer like what would you like to rate it at um, well, I could I probably couldn't do a, a flavor profile right now. Right. I do remember the beer, and I was <coughs> I, I I know I enjoyed it, so uh, I, I'll give it a four in eight years. Yeah. All right. All right. That 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 works. That works. Um, and then the Voodoo Ranger that I had last week, I thought it was great. Uh, I'd give it a four to five. And because it had like a lot of mango flavor to it, so that that's what I remember. What'd you say? I'm sorry. Oh, my reference. Four in a year. Four in a year. Four in eight years. Oh. <laughs> that's good. All right, uh, moving right along. This is the last week or the last episode of the first season for Kenobi. And we talked about episode five last week. I loved episode five and until I saw episode six. What was your first impressions of episode six, season one? Episode six, season one. That was a... it was a good episode. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, uh, they uh, they were kind of able to, uh, to to climax it well. I mean, or you know, yeah, just do it. I mean, the the one that the Riva going to uh, Tatooine was, was kind of like a, the side mission, if you will. Right. But uh, you know, o- Obi and, and Darth getting down uh, again when uh, you know that's the thing. Third, Where, third time, know, right? The whole, yeah, the whole Obi got disconnected 
to the force, uh, whether to be to, to hide his profile for from force users seeking him and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know exactly the reason behind it, but I mean, because I know they said Gorgu repressed his his uh, force powers to hide, but what, why would Obi? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think uh, maybe to if he repressed it enough, like there would be no like gossip. And gossip sure. travels quickly. Oh, that's true. That's true. But like, here's the thing. I mean, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you have to be a real powerful force user to sense another force user around. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. As far as I mean, the, the premonitions that they usually have. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, going along with that too, it just shows that like when you go to the episode three fight versus this fight. I mean, uh. You know, put it this way, back at full, like, I, w- I don't know if Obi-Wan would, would, would say I would, he was at full power, but he was a lot more powerful than uh, than when uh, they fought in uh, episode three. I'm sorry, episode three. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Okay, Let, let's not, let me rewind. Uh, when I was saying episode three, I was referring to uh, Revenge of the Sith. However, oh, okay. what episode... Uh, what episode of the show? It was episode three as well as the show, right? Yeah. Where they fought. Yep. So, yeah, he, with he that drug said, him through the fire uh, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obi Wan was still kind of weak, so Obi Wan had more power. And uh, just what I want to say is, like, Darth being physically uh, limited by his, uh, you know, his, his fake legs and, and fake arm and stuff. Uh, his br- his yeah, breathing it, apparatus. It, 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 Right. If there was a true, like, I guess, in his prime Jedi Master in existence, he would kill Darth easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the fact that he uh, he, he fought... Uh, Obi-Wan uh, and not full strength Obi-Wan. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, he fought uh, a nut. I'm kidding you. The fact that he, he fought... Yes, a more powerful Obi Wan uh-huh. than the than earlier in the series. Uh, it was still a cool fight, but it just showed that you know he, he would he would later have to learn to you know throw shit at people like like he did with Luke in Empire Strikes Back and and uh, yeah. throw force blocks and, and choke holds and stuff like that. So uh, it was just interesting the dynamic of his character. And they they reestablished the line from A New Hope when he says, "When we last met." Uh, I was still the lear- learner, and now I am the master. Right. Because that. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it, and I'll I'll extol my 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 impressions of that fight. Um. So l- let me go through the the episode. Uh, as far as the synopsis, so Riva arrives on Tatooine to locate Luke, while the Empire pursues the Path Network. The Path is the, um. The ice cube ship. Yeah, the absolute the, the the underground railroad. Um, to put into uh. Wow. Today's parlance. <laughs> uh, Kenobi separates from the group so that the path can escape. After realizing Vader is only after him, he goes on to a nearby planet to confront Vader alone. After an intense duel. Kenobi inca- incapacitates Vader by damaging his helmet and breathing apparatus. 
So this is the fight. This is the fight we're talking about. And the sheer fucking force that Kenobi installs on Vader at this point is beyond comprehension. Maybe the the fight before, maybe he realizes he can't be fucking holding back. I'm sure at this point he's like, I gotta I gotta do whatever I can to um deter this guy is he when you watch this fight do you think Kenobi is really trying to convert Vader back to being Anakin or is this this more of like a uh, um because he shows mercy to Anakin because he doesn't kill him he doesn't he doesn't kill Vader he probably could but or is he trying to uh, um prolong his life so that later on maybe at a premonition that Vader has to live a little bit longer. What do you think? Um yeah, I think once again he spared his life he he yielded. Like yeah. he, he just couldn't he just couldn't kill him. You know, he couldn't kill his uh you know his friend, his brother, his, his, his Padawan. His oh, yeah. yeah. He did call him his brother in episode three, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad, the whole thing. Um, meanwhile, Riva at, arrives at Luke's home, but is confronted by Owen and Beru. Subduing them, she pursues Luke into the desert, but eventually returns him to his family after remembering Anakin's massacre of the Jedi Temple. Liberated from the dark side, Kenobi congratulates her for overcoming her trauma from the past on Mustafar. A healed Vader abandons his search for Kenobi after his master, Emperor Palpatine, questions his motives and loyalty. Uh, back on Alderaan, Leia is found new resolve in her duties as a princess. Kenobi visits them and affirms he will help the Organas when needed and bids Leia farewell. Returning to Tatooine, he resolves his conflict with Owen and Baya Green to let Luke have a regular childhood. With approval from Owen, Kenobi greets the boy before venturing into the, into the desert. And having found his inner peace, he is finally able to converse with the forest ghost of Qui-Gon. I know I went through a lot of the, uh, the show, but do you think personally, like your, your own in, in your own heart of hearts, is there going to be a season two? No. I I uh, I totally agree. Like it was, it was such a perfect ending. Why spoil it with a, a part two, right? All right. You know though, I, if if there was going to be more stories of Obi Wan in this time period, yeah, uh, I think they would just go with the animated feature, you know, or animated uh, series adventure, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. You know the whole, the whole, the going back to the fight though with between um, Obi Wan and and Vader. They fought. What they they did? They showed the practice fight this this season. Um, there was the attack, uh, the uh, Re Revenge of the Sith, the the Mustafar fight. Um, there was a fight in Episode Three on Jabin. I think it was. Is that the name of the planet? And then I think yeah. Yeah, and the, and the in episode six, 
Episode 6 might have been the best fight out of all of... Well, as far as, like, them <gasps> trying to, like, outdo each other's powers. Because in, in Re Revenge of the Sith, it was great, but it was more just a... Uh, uh, it was a swashbuck swashbuckling scene. This one, they were actually using the Force against each other. Right. And it was just... It was fucking amazing, man. In the... The whole like the cinematography and the special effects and Vader's helmet getting cut like and it kind of explains why he had that scar on his head you know in in Re Return of the Jedi. Um, what a great right, and film! Then also too, yeah. Oh, also too to to show him like that like there was no point of uh, bringing Hayden Christensen back if it wasn't for a scene like that. And and I think one of the the, the Star Wars nerds uh, YouTubers because I watched it hit the nail uh, on the head, and I thought it too. I thought the same thing when I first watched it for the first watch through was this is the best Hayden Christensen has ever been on film, best the best acting. It was for Star Wars, because yeah, sure. yeah, I, I, yeah. I heard he like he's. I'm I'm not too familiar with what else he did outside of Star Wars, but right. that's what they said. Is uh, he's actually a good actor? Just you know, the material he was given wasn't the, the greatest. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It, 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 and even uh, what's her name, uh, Natalie Portman? She was even 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 her lines were terrible. She's a great actor. And I love Natalie Portman like in almost everything she's ever done. But even in Revenge of the Sith when <laughs> when she's like, You're breaking my heart, like that was that was so bad, man. That was that was a really cringy scene to watch. Um But yeah, the Hayden in, in episode six was was brilliant. I I thought he was great and um, I think you're right though I think they should end it right here it's done I, I've heard before this season even started like it was just this season and it's done it's almost like an extended movie uh, in a way yeah that's what they said they said they probably had like probably it, should have, it was going to be like a three hour movie yeah so they said well let's uh, add a little bit more and make it a mini series and uh, there we go it was and it's done perfectly uh but as far as like disney plus goes like they they need to keep people interested they need to keep people like uh coming back is it mandalorian season three is it boba fett season two or do you think uh, like a brand new um side character mission or series what do you think uh well did you see the uh the previous for andor Oh no! But I, I I heard there was an Endor series coming out, so that's next, right? Yeah, no, it's Andor, not Endor. Oh, Andor. what's what's Andor then? It's like uh, kind of like Rogue One type of stuff. Okay, like uh, the like during the same like uh, during the same time time period, or is it like a different time period where like uh, it's like a side mission that uh helps the skywalker saga along um hold on let me let me uh hold on, pause i want to check that real quick just so i get it right okay 
I didn't pause, but I'll I, I'll edit it out. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Andor is a uh, it, it's a, a spinoff of Rogue One um, that follows Kassan uh, Andor during the first five years of the rebellion. Oh. Okay. All right. So, so spoiler alert: he he dies in Rogue One too, right? So. Yeah. I guess this is before Rogue One either. Right, this is when like they realize like we, shit's getting bad. We gotta protest or Diego Luna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good, man. Yeah, so I guess he's coming back. Yeah, he 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 did great. Yep, I agree. Oh, that's kind of cool. I I really liked him as uh, I like him. I like him as an actor. So I <laughs> this wow. I'm already excited for the for for the next series. If you say five years, right. you can actually like put that into five seasons. It, it makes sense for yeah. for for Disney Plus and the whole Star Wars uh, money making machine. Yeah, from from how I see it too, uh, like they said, like he's like a he's a thief that joined the rebellion. So it's kind of like a kind of like if, if a Han Solo, you know, like a scoundrel, started to <laughs> care about what's going on. Yeah, scruffy-looking cool. nerf herder. Yeah, right. Which is cool. Like, it's not like putting. Uh, it's not like making a, a, a solo as in Han Solo series about doing yeah. it. It's just a new guy in general. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, what if his uh, thieving and scoundrelings um, they cross paths with uh, with Han? That'd be cool. <laughs> you get someone to. Who's the guy who played uh, Han in the uh, in this in the movie? You get him to come back. And do a cameo. Right. Yeah, I, I forgot the actor's name, but I, I, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, he was great, man. That like there was a few, um, a few scenes where like he really sounded and acted like uh, Han Solo or, or uh, Harrison Ford did in the in the first couple episodes, and then you, maybe you bring back Donald Glover as uh, Lando. Right. Because <laughs> remember in Rogue One. Talk about uh, talk about a scoundrel. There you go. What are you gonna say? Remember in Rogue One? Oh, you remember in Rogue One when they were on that planet and uh, they ran into those two guys that Obi Wan killed at the bar? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're all there. It's all the same time. There, <laughs> <laughs> there were one. Well, that one guy was one of the twelve systems anyway. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Pussy Chin was. Oh, it's gonna be what? Oh, hey! <laughs> that was for our troll. Thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, anything else you'd like to add to this episode of Cold Brew? Like sincere or hypocritical? <laughs> like for reals? Okay. No, uh, thank you for downloading and listening again. Yeah, and we like to wish you cheers. <laughs>